Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. So, well, this week, Jack, we're going to talk about the ascension. The ascension of Jesus. The ascension. Back to the right hand of the Father. Yes. One of the things that, well, Mike actually brought this up, is that when we read the New Testament, the ascension is is a big moment, but it's a part of it that just kind of gets glossed over. No, you don't hear much about it. I guess it's just a brief um, writing about it, a little bit in Luke. Right. And uh, in Acts and... uh, not a whole lot written about it, but I tell you what, it's as meaningful as any other of the aspects of right. the gospel it's of huge. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Well, we want to start out talking about kind of some backstory to, to help us understand uh, some of what the ascension means for us and why it is so critical and such a huge part of Jesus' ministry here on earth. I'm going to go back to the book of Exodus, and I'm just going to read some passages. John, um, I just yeah. had a thought. Go, thought go I, sorry it. to butt in. No, uh, no. I wonder maybe we would read the ascension first. And and get what you're going to say because we're going to talk about let's do that. specific yeah so maybe we can uh, go to uh, the book of Acts and look at the first chapter and uh, see where Jesus is actually written about Jesus there you go rising and then uh, I think it'll make a lot of sense when you talk about that backstory there um, so when they had come together this is the disciples uh, after Jesus has resurrected after they had come together. Uh, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the promised Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him, uh, took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So there you go. You got the cloud. You got two men standing there. You got uh, those disciples all from Galilee at this time looking up into the heavens and you got the message. Right. So go do now you got the backstory. That's that's, right. that's kind of the ascension, plain and simple. And they're kind of dumbfounded even at the moment. OK, mm-hmm. what, what's the question they're asking? Um, are, are you going to start your kingdom now? Proving that they missed the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, they're still, they're still missing it. And Jesus is like, uh, it's not for you to know, but you'll, you'll figure it out. Basically, it's kind of what he's saying. Well, it, it's pretty, it'd be pretty scary to me. Wouldn't you know it, what? To you? you guys haven't got it yet. I'll you, just send the Holy yeah. Spirit. Maybe he can get through to you. In other words, they were thinking... That he was going to establish an earthly still kingdom still. that way. Yeah. They're thinking that they're going to be put into power on the earth. Uh, maybe it'd be good to read Luke too. Let me read yeah, Luke too. Do that one. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed him, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. 
And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. There you, there go. you go. And there's Luke's version of the ascension. That's great. Well, part of the reason I want to draw on sort of the, quote, backstory right. of this is, is some of the imagery that happens with that ascension. Hmm. Okay. So let's go to Exodus 13. And I'm just going to read here verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Now moving along, we're going to jump to Exodus 14 and verse 19. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. Understand here that that phrase, angel of God, is uh, Yahweh Malach, which basically means the messenger of God, not the word like angel that we think of like right, angel. Right, right, right. Okay. And so most uh, Hebrew scholars, uh, New Christian Hebrew scholars, would interpret that phrase to, to mean Christ, basically. The, the pre-incarnate Christ right, the before pre-incarnate he was Christ. in flesh, right. So when we say, when you see that phrase, the angel of the Lord or the angel of God, it's typically representative of the pre-incarnate Christ. Um, so then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So... Here's the image of the cloud and the angel of the Lord or Christ together. Right. So the cloud and Jesus together coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. So here's God, their protector. Okay. And there was the cloud and the darkness and the night passed without coming near the other all night. So that basically God was protecting the children of Israel from the Egyptian army. Um, Exodus 14 and verse 23, the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. So, I mean, this is before the water's coming in on them. Right. It's just, it's obvious to them because of the presence of God in the fire and in the cloud and what's happening to their chariots, okay? Is that the greatest oops moment ever Uh, known? Yeah. In other words, they get into the middle of the sea, a Red Sea. Oops, we came too far. Now, what are we going to do? The the Egyptians underestimated right. God. That's for sure. Let's get out um, of here. You, you know, we talk about the uh, movie, The Ten Commandments. And, uh, of course, there's so many things that are wrong uh, about in terms the of the, the of biblical story. But there's one part where uh, Yul Brenner, who's playing Pharaoh, yeah. <laughs> says uh, basically the God of Israel is not a very good general. <laughs> because he's got his, the, the Egyptians have uh, the Israelites trapped between them and the sea. 
And, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about a battle plan, that doesn't look very good. But then God himself parts the sea, parts the sea and <laughs> protects his people. Um, Exodus 16, the people grumbled about having no food. So God provides when Aaron speaks to the people, God reveals himself in the cloud, in the cloud. Okay. Again. Um, verse 10 of Exodus 16. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat. And in the morning, you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Um, and then Exodus 19, of course, we move to Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments were given. Right. right. Um, and the law. And I'm not going to read all of the details of that, but we're going to jump on to uh, verse 9 there. Uh, and the Lord says to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Um, you know, we're a stubborn people because it's like, do we need God coming in a thick cloud and talking to us in order to believe? Um, and apparently history tells us that, yeah, that's, that's, that's how dense we are. We need God to just show up and make it obvious. Um, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. Um, that's a pretty awesome picture. I'm going to abbreviate some of this. We'll go on to Exodus 24 um, and the cloud covered the mountain. Um, it covered the mountain for six days. It says the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Um, Exodus 33, um, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, it's the tent of, of meeting, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Um, and Jack, if you feel any insights, want to throw anything in, please. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. um, just to kind of help people understand um, the, the cloud represented the presence of God. But man cannot look at the pure 
presence of God, could not look at his face and live. Right. Because God couldn't be in the presence of sin, and we as sinners could not be in the presence of ultimate holiness. And so the cloud kind of veiled uh, him from from people. If, if you see the, the whole vision of God in your present form, you would die. Couldn't live. Uh, so, but his presence was felt in the cloud. And I think that when Moses was there and the cloud was there for six days, that there was a preparation time for Moses to come into the presence of God. Because you need preparation to come into the presence of God. You need to uh, confess your sin. Uh, you need to come before God repentant. You need to come before God being made holy by by his son's blood so that you can then come into his presence. And that was kind of what that was representing, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. There's a, a place where it says that when Moses would be in the presence of God on the mountain, his face would begin to shine. And so he would put a veil over his face because when he would come down from the mountain out of the cloud and get away from that presence of God, then his face would dim And so Moses didn't want the people to see the dimming of his face, so he would veil his face. But in the same way, uh, unfortunately, the Aaronic tribe, the uh, tribe of priests, were not faithful. And uh, that was taken away from them later on in the scriptures, that coming into the presence of God. So it was Moses that had that that privilege, and the people didn't want to come into the presence of God. Uh, they were afraid because that holiness and that purity and the power of being in the presence of God. So they would just say, Moses, you go up the mountain, you talk to God, and then you come back down and tell us what he said right. because they just couldn't see it. So there's all of these things going on uh, in this purity in the cloud. On the, on the flip side of that, uh, Moses, rather than not wanting to be in the presence of God, wanted more. And so there's a time, I think it's in Exodus 33, you might have that passage down to read it, but it's where Moses comes to God and says, I want to see you. The cloud's not enough, evidently, so he wants to see him. I want more. When you know God, you want more of God. I always want more. And God says, no man can look at me and, and live. And so Moses said, okay, I want to see you. So in other words, for Moses, I want to see you and that's worth more to me than even my life. I want to see you that badly. I want to be in your presence. And so God said, okay, I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. You think that's where we get rock of ages, cleft for me? Let me hide myself in thee. Sure. And uh, as he hit, as he got into the cleft of the rock, God said, I will pass by and I will place my hand over your face. And then when I pass by, I will let you look at my back, the presence of my back as I go away. I don't really understand how in the world all that happened, but I believe that God allowed Moses to see more of himself as a human probably than anyone had seen, the Almighty God. And uh, that's because he talked to him as a friend and he came into his presence uh, in uh, total repentance. And uh, I think... um, just bowed down in uh, humility before God to come into his presence. So that cloud is, uh, that's, that's the comments I have about probably the Old Testament and what that has to say. There's a lot of things I think that that means. So you move us on along then. There, there's a lot of growth there for Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go back in the story to when he first 
encounters God at the burning bush, okay? Because here's a guy who's run away from his life, okay? He's run away from Egypt, and um, there's nothing in the Scripture that tells us that Moses really knew God or had any relationship with God until he saw the burning bush. But even in that moment, and and we're, we're still talking likely Sinai here, when Moses encounters God, um, it wasn't the whole mountain top on fire. There wasn't lightning and thunder and the mountain shaking because God wasn't making himself known to the whole nation. He's just confronting one person. Mm. But it says when the voice spoke to him out of the bush, Moses did not look on it because he was afraid to see the face of God. And it does say that, that the voice says, take off your shoes. Right. You're on holy ground. So that's right. that's corroborating this fact that because of the holiness of God, it means we need to be humble right. and enter in, um, not boldly at st- this point. I'm saying he came from the point where he was of being afraid. so afraid right. that now he's asking, asking to, to see, see his the glory. face of God. Yeah. yeah, he's asking to see his glory. Um, so then on uh, Exodus 34, um, God gives the uh, Ten Commandments. He says, uh, this says here in verse 5, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Um, Exodus uh, 39 The cloud covered the tent of meeting. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Leviticus 16 um, talks about the cloud over the mercy seat. You know, when the mercy seat once again is a part of the Ark of the uh, Covenant, Covenant, right? Where they place the um, sacrifices to be sacrificed for the the sin offering, right? So on that day of atonement, when the high priest goes in and into the holy of holies, stands before God, the cloud is over the mercy seat. Um, Daniel 7, I saw the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So that's a prophecy from Daniel right. into the end times, right? So because he is ruling over all the nations and he has now ascended back into the glory of, of the Father. So now he shines in glory as well. Jesus quotes a part of this passage when he's confronted by the high priest yes. on trial. Right. Um, and when he declares himself as the son of man, they equate that as him referencing this verse and calling himself uh, the son of God. And that's what really, really ties in well when the son of God now ascends back into the heavens and the cloud, right? He goes back into the clouds, evidently veiling that uh, glorification of Jesus now back uh, to his original form. And uh, the men telling the disciples, hey, time to get busy, right? Time to get busy. But there was still a time of waiting, still a time of maybe preparation for them until the Holy Spirit is given on the day of Pentecost. Right. Um, There's another reference to this cloud imagery Mm -hmm. in the New Testament. Um, You remember where that is, Jack? The transfiguration, yeah. Exactly. And the baptism. 
of Jesus. Right, yeah. right. So uh, in Matthew seventeen five is where we're talking about the the transfiguration, and that's where Jesus goes up on the mountain. Right. And uh, is it Peter and, and Peter, James, and John, James and, John. And, and Moses and Elijah show yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what does Peter say? Oh, let's make three uh, places of worship here. Yeah. This yeah. is good. Good for me to be here. Right. Boy. And and the, the, the imagery there is that, you know, God's dwelling is like the tabernacle or the temple, mm-hmm. okay? And so Peter's thinking, well, let's just set set tents up for all three of you. And God um, says, shut up, Peter. That's right. The, that's is, my translation. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed There's them. the cloud presence of God. Yes. And a voice from the cloud said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen, listen to, to him. him. Shut your mouth and listen, yeah, to, listen him. to him. Boy, isn't that good advice for me? Yeah. <laughs> for all of us, <laughs> for all of us. But he's also saying, look, everything this guy yeah. says supersedes Moses and Elijah right. and the prophets, because he is the one you want to listen to. Uh, Matthew twenty four thirty. Um, we're going to keep pushing through these here. Um, <laughs> then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Matthew 26, verse 64, Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, and this is where he's talking to the high priest, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated in the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Um, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 28, Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Here we're at the transfiguration. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus. Now, I put that word exodus there because it's translated into our Bible as departure. Right. Okay. But the word that they translate into departure is the same word in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that's, that's translated Exodus. Exodus. And it's important to note this because this whole story of God with us is about our exile from his presence and him bringing us back into his presence and into his presence by the exodus from our slavery. Right. And this story is repeated over and over through the scripture. Um, so let, me, sp- let me bring yes. it. We're, we're, uh, we're probably running toward the end of this episode. We're getting there. Yeah, getting there, baby. Uh, so let me, and you can say whatever, but I just wanted to say to just bring this to a place. Uh, we can be in the presence of God as Christians today through the power of the Holy Spirit. right? And when we're in the presence of God in this mortal life, uh, we are given tools to use in order to bring other people into his presence as well through Christ, our Savior. Sometimes I don't think we use our tools. Sometimes we aren't um, in the right attitude or with the right power because we're not 
coming into the presence of God. And we have to desire that, to ask, to seek, to knock, to come into the presence of God so that we can then uh, yield entirely to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and his teaching. And then we will be able to discern the, the hidden things of God, the deep things of God. Do you agree? Yes. When the Spirit of God is, is fully in us. And uh, this is what's coming. This, this spirit is what's coming and the representation in the cloud of the presence of God and the representation of the, the pillar of fire leading them is all true in the Holy Spirit, in the, in, in the person of Jesus Christ indwelling every true believer of Christ. So that's, I think, where we're kind of trying right. to end up. Right. Um, and, when we're, go ahead, Jack. And by the way, there's a passage here that says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, the dimming of the face, uh, the, the end of the law. Um, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away? Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So that's, that's where it comes from, where the, the cloud is removed, the veil is removed, and now through the power of the Spirit, we are in the presence of God, and now we are growing from one degree to another, more and more like Jesus, until right. eventually we'll be glorified with Him. Right. Is that... Exciting? No, that's, that's very good. So when Jesus ascended... He's not leaving. No. He's not leaving us. He's not leaving his, his apostles. And when they ask him, are you now beginning your kingdom? The unspoken answer is, you better believe it. You're going to see it in a way that you never imagined. Um, because I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be with you in a deeper, more spiritual way than you have ever imagined. Right. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode. Um, I hope that you can capture that imagery. I hope I didn't drone on too much with that. But there's so much in there and there's so much more. Um, because God, has, his whole goal with us as human beings is to be his image, his representatives here on earth, right. to be part of his family, to be part of his kingdom, to fellowship with us. Not just here and now, but forever. And everything that he's done through scripture has been very intentional to lead up to the next moment and the next. Grace. Yeah. So, thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, we love you. Our prayer is that you know, the words that we say would just inspire you to turn your heart toward Christ, to focus on him to invite him 
uh, into your heart to invite His presence into your presence and to realize He's already there. And dig a little deeper. Yeah. There's so much more. Yeah, so much. All right, we'll see you next time.